Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, Egg Chasers. What are you doing? It's the Egg Chasers no. Rugby Podcast. The podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. Uh, How dare you, Tim? <laughs> How dare you? Uh, I'm Tim with Phil. Hello, Tim. And hello, JB. Hello, Tim. How are you? Uh, well, violent now, I've heard that. I triggered. I, I feel like I, I feel like affecting domestic abuse now. <laughs> if only there was a woman in this room. If only. Thank God there's not. <laughs> I'm offended you even Thank joking about so, it. Yeah. So, um, the, um, <laughs> what a clown world we're living in. Absolute clown world. <laughs> it reminds me, right, so I have um, a friend of mine. She is a employment solicitor. And she sent me a list of... Uh, let me see if I can find it for you. Have I got it? Here we go. A list of words or a list of sayings which people are encouraged not to say in the... In the workplace now, because... Oh, it's the violent... The vi- yeah, because it's violent. I saw this. Are we going to pull the trigger? That's gone. I'll take a stab at it. Gone. Seriously. Jump the gun. Isn't that an athletics thing? Jump the gun is an athletics thing, yeah. Gone. Yeah. He's got a gun in the title, I guess. I'll bite the bullet. Gone. <laughs> Kill two birds with one stone. By the way, this is the best one. So there's, there's like, replacements I know, for it. That, this one is ridiculous. Yeah. I'll... <laughs> Instead of saying kill two birds with one stone, you've got to say... I'll feed two birds with one scone. <laughs> <laughs> What's the deadline? That's re- deadline. If your reaction... What's the due date? Come so on. Uh, there's, there's a bunch of reactions, one of which to the Delilah thing was a lot of people going, they haven't banned it, they're just not getting the choir to sing it. If Shut up! If your reaction to this Delilah story, and I don't believe anybody listening to this podcast, uh, and le- uh, uh, except for all the people we know who hate listen, <laughs> and they listen even more than the people who listen normally. Somebody, hi <laughs> guys, you know who you are. Somebody said to me today, right? Uh, we were joking about what you'd feed chickens, and uh, our friend uh, Special Marine Matt said. I'd feed them the bones of my enemy. Right? That's a lot of enemies. Those are some big chickens. And I thought about it like, who are my enemies? And I thought, no, because they all have neck beards and zero protein content. They'd be terrible for, for, terrible for animal feed. If your reaction to this story was anything other than, what on earth are you doing, WRU? This is pathetic virtue signalling that is doing nothing for anybody. If your reaction was anything other than that, 
you need to have a little look in the give your head a wobble and have a look in the mirror which yeah. fortunately it's much like I, I quite like the fact these stories are coming thick and fast these sorts of things we've got the tackle law we've got this Delilah thing they are all part of the same problem and we are actually for once rather than seeing the silent minority just swallow it and think this is ridiculous and not say it we're actually seeing the the silent majority pipe up and go what are you doing yeah. this has gone too this far is crazy yeah yeah which is quite nice to see occasionally it is nice to see occasionally cuz you always get the sense that i kn- i know more people agree with me on many issues than than this but it's just i but it's just you know i, I just keep stub- it's fighting the fight isn't it yeah. you can't carry on fighting it's just so demoralizing yeah like which fight i mean i i i'm so obsessed with the tackle law that i don't think i've tweeted about anything else anything else in rugby other than the tackle law because that is my fight i don't have people don't have the mental energy to say do you know what we need the lila back why am i fighting this who cares you, you tweeted about uh the, the some of the merits of some broadcasting of the six nations as well yeah we, we can don't, talk don't about need that, to actually. get into that like straight no, away. let's get into that that's a great that's a great idea all right well so let, let's talk about it from a from a the the first round of six nations from a bird's eye point of view what, what do you want to say about it thoughts let, yeah, let's not go into the broadcast. Do you want to? Let's just stick to Six Nations for, the, for now, right? So we'll, we'll, we'll stick a little bookmark in that. We'll come back. Yeah. To that. Um, I love the France game. I'm optimistic for England, and I think Wales are on a road to hell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm more optimistic about Wales than you probably are. Interesting. I, I th- now. I think there's one key takeaway from um, the England and the Wales games, or the Ireland and the Scotland games, depending on what shirt you're wearing. Um, you've got in international rugby, you have to be clinical, and Scotland were clinical, England were not. Ireland were clinical, Wales were not. Yes. In that first half, Wales had four, genuinely four, very good chances to score tries. They gifted Ireland seven points by um, bigger throwing a pass to James Lowe on one of those four. So that was a, that's a 14-point swing on that one alone. But there were three others. The, the bigger blow, bigger getting caught by um, Ringrose five yards from the line when it's a... Because Ringrose already slipped. It's kind of a two-on-one. You've got uh, Morgan getting held up over the line by Porter... And then in the last second of the first half, you've got Porter, um, Morgan going down the right-hand side with the break where maybe he should have held onto it, but he kicked in field and the ball gets dotted down and it's game over. Those four tries, one of which was a 14-point swing, even if they score one of the other ones and don't have that 14-point swing, they're right in that game. And that second half was, it was 50-50, it was 6-1 half a dozen of the other. On the flip side, Ireland... They took those two chances in the first ten minutes. You get the um, you get the James Lowe intercept, and it, after twenty one minutes, they're twenty four points up, and it's game over. Uh, more than that, I think you touched on something with and, and and at this level, of course, everyone's trying their hardest and they're they're putting their best foot forward, all the rest of it. But I will just say, there's something about Ireland where they manage to pull an extra little half percent. They chase a lost cause, that li- just that little bit. And that Andrew Porter holding up, that was a great, yeah, was a great yeah, example. Yeah. But there's a bunch of examples through that game where just... I'd, it, sometimes you can't quantify it, and it's only a tiny little thing that you can It's just in the air, it's in the ether. But there's something about that island team that just seem to do things and go to another level right. that, that other teams don't. So, I'm going to directly disagree with you now, okay. in a way. 
So here is my take from Ireland. I found this really interesting. So I only really paid attention to the first half because I thought mm. second half, Ireland don't really care that much. It's done, isn't it? By the end of the first half, it's done. And one of the things that made me think it's done was when the commentators said... Um, and by the way, I watched this on sort of a replay, so I kind of knew what the score was. Mm-hmm. Didn't need to see much more than the first half. But the commentator said, you know, on average, you need less than eight penalties to win. Wales have just given away their ninth penalty. I think Sexton kicks it. I'm like, this is done. I know it's done anyway because of the score. Mm-hmm. One of the things that struck me about Ireland was that there's some of the ball carrying. I wouldn't say it's lazy, but they were very content not to be that aggressive. And let me explain what I mean. So, you know, when you're taught to ball carry, you're coming on at pace, um, you move your feet a bit, you try and get over the game. Like they, they were standing still. They were hitting closer to the ruck than they otherwise probably would do. And they seem to be very happy with not taking as much as much yardage as they possibly could. And I thought this was strange, but I thought, no, it's not that strange, is it? Because they are so confident in recycling the ball and taking that extra step off means that they get their support there a lot quicker. So they're going over, they're getting their support, and actually, if you think you're going to hold the ball for 30, you know, 20 phases or 17 phases, the combination of all of those little bits and pieces makes hell of a difference. Whereas in, when you watch Wales doing their thing, they're fighting for every yard, they go maybe a yard further on, and they're, getting to, and they're getting turned over. They're just completely frantic. They're going coast to coast, they're not patient. Ireland's performance to me, and I think it sums it up with how calm they were with their carries was just confident it was confident it was a bunch of professionals they knew exactly what they were doing and that's why they don't need to play like absolute maniacs continuously but when it's on it's on and when they need to work hard you are right they do work hard but i just thought yeah there's something in that with that with that carrying because it's not it's not the all out that you would expect when ireland are manic it's without the ball then that that manic comes in when they don't have the ball on on that carrying so that's that's interesting because i'd observed the other half of the equation on the carrying, and it was mentioned in comms a few times. And I think with what you said there, it kind of puts the two halves to make a whole. So in their pack, they have two types of carriers. They have the more athletic... Well, actually, look, let's go with the ones that you're describing, Jay. They have the bigger, heavier ones who could go like a battering ram, mm. but exactly as you've described, they risk uh, slowing things down ultimately, slowing down the... Um, the recycling of the ball and getting turned over if they go like a battering ram into two men. Yep. So they're more um, willing to hit the deck early. They to do get hit faster the deck ball. early. But the other side of it, the guys like Caelan Doris or Josh van der Fleer or Dan Sheehan's brilliant at it for a front row forward. The guys who, are, they're big lads, but they can put feet on. And they will have this, and this was mentioned in comms a few times, they will take it, not standing still, but they will always put feet on just to change the point of yeah, attack. Yeah, they do do that. And then hit the gaps. So I think I think it's actually a deliberate tactical ploy to have certain forwards who will try and put that feet on and then accelerate through the gap they've created. And others who are just, they were, they are happy yeah, to hit they the deck. Almost, they almost angle back towards the ruck. Now, if you're coaching, I mean, obviously, you know, when you're coaching international, I'm sure things are done slightly differently. But generally speaking, you coach carry out, fall out. So you're carrying away from the ruck and then falling away from the ruck in order to get that ball. I'm going to just dive straight, well, they're big carriers. They're angling straight back in over and over again. Or, like Phil says, they, 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 they do use feet, actually. They do use mm. feet going go to carry. But that might be the only sort of orthodox thing which they're doing. You've mentioned one thing that I quite liked about uh, this island performance, and you mentioned a couple of names already, but uh, you've... It wasn't um, it, nothing particularly bad, but 
some of the players that have been really prominent recently, like Tyg Byrne. Well, it wasn't his greatest game. Same for Peter Omani, some of the older players, but Sheehan, Doris, Keenan, some of those younger guys, class. Mm. Really, really good. I thought Sheehan was brilliant. Yeah, well, they're brilliant. just so and, comfortable. And, and Doris as well, actually. They're so I comfortable in what they're Doris. doing. I mean, yeah. it's the... I think it's the structure that allows them to play with such freedom, which sounds ironic, but you know, if you know what your constraints are and where all your mates are at all the time and what you're going to be doing, you are able to play at pace and you are able to ex- execute some fairly amazing things. That's mm. basically where Ireland are. Mm. It's going to be interesting when they come up against a team that, that are going to metaphorically punch them in the face, turn over their ball, challenge them at the breakdown. They've got to wait long for that. Yeah. And then, Next weekend. Then we're yep. going to see a different side of this. I don't think they'll be carrying in the same manner. I don't think they'll be doing much in the same manner. So, what do you think Warren Gatlin's thinking right now? I, there's some positives to take out of it. They played in the right areas a lot of the game. Um, they they got the upper hand for, for times late on in that first half and early on in that second half. But overall, it'd be incredibly frustrated with I'd, that. I'd so, quite, to be I'd hammered quite, like that at home. I'd, and, take, I'd, I'd take Joe Hawkins if he, if he was English. He looks, he he's looks good. a baller, doesn't he? Yeah, right. like Hawkins. Very much like Hawkins. So, uh, part of me is thinking... Is Gatland looking at his team and thinking they've not moved on quick enough? So Gatland always had a new young thing in all of all of the time. I wonder if he's just uh, you know, inherited this squad now, which basically was largely his old squad, but they've just not made enough changes. Gatland used to be ruthless at bringing lads in, uh, you know, blooding people who might not needed to be blooded yet. Uh, you know, I always use the example of someone like. Um, how was his name? Uh, Tom, uh, Thomas Francis. But yeah, we, we've seen it loads of times, haven't we? Uh, he gave um, debuts to people like was it Henry? Oh, Henry? Josh, Josh Adams. Yeah, Josh Adams. We won. Who's the, who was the winger that never made it? Uh, Hal Amos. No, Hal Amos is quite good. Um, it was a winger. Oh, I can't remember. He played at Wasps, but like he would try lads all of the time, and if they were good, they would stay. Oh, I know the guy. Like um, one cap. Or jo- something. Jonah Holmes. Nope, not Jonah Holmes either. Okay. It was not Jonah Holmes. He played at Wasps for a season. He's dropped on the leagues. It doesn't It doesn't matter. His career is largely irrelevant at this point. Yeah. Except for some niche like pub quizzes or something. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he was the youngest ever capped, capped Welsh player on the wing. Hmm. So they do have the young talent and maybe they've just waited too long to blood it. Has Gatlin made an error because he... He still has some of the players he used to have, like you say, his dad's army. Which There's they, quite they, a few of them. They, they were, I mean, they were referred to as a dad's army when Gatland was still in charge of them last time. Yeah. And a lot of those players are still there. However, what's happened in Wales is, if, if it was possible, the domestic situation in Wales got even worse <laughs> while yeah. he was away. So there have, unlike with France and your... Now, and you've seen it with Ireland constantly. That production line, the, the system, the coaching, the investment, the infrastructure is all there. Wales have got none of that, and it's only, if anything, got worse. And mm. some of the players, uh, probably many of the players, because of the WR funding links to the clubs, so, some of them, I, I think I'm right in saying they still don't know if they're going to have contracts offered it's, to them next season yeah, you're right. by the WRU and, and yeah. their clubs. That The Welsh regions, some of them, like Ospreys, for example, are playing as well as they are, when um, um, a huge number of that squad will not know if they have a job next season is uh, remarkable. Ludicrous. Yeah, I, I want the RFU to you know, just burn... Just burn the whole thing and start again. Um, I think, broadly speaking, the same remedy would be appropriate for the WRU. If, if anything, it's an even more urgent. Um, burn it, yeah, <laughs> like just replace it with anything, really. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, it's hard. The senior players didn't do well in this game. 
Yeah, well, yeah let's talk about some players. Tipperick, who wasn't there? Tipperick limited, got replaced, I think, early in the second half. I thought Falatau had probably his worst game I've ever mm. seen him. And I've seen him in the bath shirt for many yeah. years. <laughs> um, actually, to be fair to him, he was normally class when he was fit for bath. But yeah, he was almost totally anonymous in both attack and defence. Um, I thought Liam Williams was, was he, class. 32 though? Must be 32, yeah, he's not he? that old, Falatau. I mean, he could be... Yeah, is he in his prime? Probably just a little bit. He was Maybe he's on the great in the autumn. Yeah. So it's only a few months ago, but yeah. Yeah, he's... Uh, yeah, Falatau, 30, 32. Yeah. Falatau is a sort of player that in the past has got Wales on the front foot on his own. Yeah, now, yeah. Anyone who's got half a rugby brain, and I believe I believe um, Farrell does indeed have half a rugby brain, would say, yeah, sh- shut, shut that guy down. The rest of it might be a lot easier. So it's not yeah. that surprising that they shackle Falatau early doors. I would. That's... That's um, a fair point. Jack Morgan looked good. Yeah, he did yeah. look good. Really like him. I thought Beard and Alan Wynne jones Beard just too many silly infringements around the rook and the mm. the um, mall. And actually, I think one of the big talking points for the weekend is the way that the rook was being officiated. Mm. With the jackler, if they're not supporting their own body weight, if their hands are on the floor and their hands are taking body weight, they're in the wrong and they're getting... Penalised. It wasn't Matt Colley. Matt Colley did France, didn't Matt he? Matt Colley did France. Yeah. Um, Carl, Carl Dixon. Dixon did this game. And there was one from Alan, uh, Adam Beard where he comes, he take, he, he's the jackler, but his hands are not going on the ball. His hands are supporting his body weight past the ball. He then kind of props himself up and walks through the rook. But he gets penalised because he's not supporting his body weight. Rightly so. And I thought, I've never seen that get penalised before. Not? not not in that way because he was he was very much on his feet. And he wasn't going for the ball. He was going over the ball. If your hands touch the floor, you're in trouble. Yeah. I, yeah. I, so I completely agree with it. I think it was exactly the right call. And I'd, I'd actually like to see more of it in this dimension that we've seen this weekend. Because I think uh, if you clear up that rook area, there are a lot of injuries and a lot of just... Unne- so the two things it would probably solve, or not solve, but help. One, injuries, because... If it's if the jackal is depowered, I'm not saying get rid of the jackal. If the jackal is depowered, or you've actually got a jackal within the laws, the existing laws of the game that are officiated, i.e., shoulders above hips and support your own body weight. I think that is um, both safer, but also you're going to get quicker rook ball, mm. and so it's going to allow more continuity for the attacking team, which is going to allow if people want this kind of rugby, more attacking rugby. Mm. Well, on that. I don't know if you want to talk about France just yet, but there's a lot to be spoke about the jackal and the lack of jackling which France Im- Im- implemented because it nearly lost them the game. Never bothering. Yeah. Let's, let, is there anything more on Ireland-Wales at this point? Uh, I thought... Well, only that... Well, let's do France, then let's double back and, and talk about France-Ireland. Well, we'll talk about that, but just one thing I wanted to mention was um, Ringrose, who... He didn't, he didn't do that much going forward... He put in two amazing tackles, both actually on Dan Bigger, the one that I referenced oh, before. Oh, Dan Bigger butchered that try. Yeah, with, with the, the try butchering, that was amazing. Because Ringro slips mm. and Bigger kind of falters as well. And he, he gets across and hauls him down immediately. That was brilliant. But his second one was the rib tickler on Bigger. Partway through, I think it was partway through the second half where Bigger puts in a long, wide pass and... Bang, exactly at the same time. The ball leaves his hand and Ringro just hits him 
right in the ribs, right on the side. Beautiful, legal, wrapped, right in the uh, the green zone. The green zone. Yeah. Not for, not for Dan Bigger, it wasn't. <laughs> not, for, it, not for Dan Bigger's ribs. He will be feeling that in a few days. I don't think Bigger Still. had... Nearly his best game, you know. Bigger didn't have a great game. Nearly, he that, had one beautiful chip and gather. Other than that, he was not not his best. Uh, did he play last week for Toulon? Probably. That, that's, yeah. that's what he gets paid for. I would I would have thought so. Probably uh, they'll probably throw him midweek uh, out midweek for the reserves. Right. Yes. We're, we're not talking about France now. We're talking about England and Scotland. Okay, go for it. Because this is chronological. The, the, well, no, well, yeah, chronological, and in terms of interest, it, that would probably be the that that is the that is the, the main game. interest for our for our audience. I would say so. I'd say so. So, I'll kick off on this. I think England looked reasonably good. I think if I was an England fan now, I'd think, okay, yeah, we did lose to a settled Scottish team, but I think the foundations are there. I. I'm pretty uh, a beat about it. The first thing I want to say, just in terms of uh, overall thoughts, is a lot of the talk has been about how did England lose this. I actually think the focus should be put squarely on how did Scotland win this because they won this game. England, I don't think England lost this game. I think Scotland won the game. Mm. And what, what I, why I can't begrudge the result, why I'm not too, dis- why I actually, in a way, just as a pure rugby fan, I quite like the result. It's it's a little bit why I want why everyone wanted Italy everyone who wasn't French wanted mm. Italy to win today. But again, what I really liked was Scotland rolled the dice. Yeah, they had a go, and it and fortune favours the brave sometimes. And I quite like that the pragmatic conservatism. Whilst I'm not annoyed about that, I actually understand why Steve Borthwick set his team up like that. I'm not disappointed with it, but the pragmatic conservatism with a little bit of ambition got beaten by a team that just rolled the dice and had a crack and I quite like that that team came out on top well it's I guess I don't think there's a team in world rugby whose personnel jaw so badly with their coach as um, as Scotland I, I mean I don't I can't prove this I don't know but here's my inclination I truly believe Gregor Townsend hates his key men. I really do. <laughs> I really think he hates Finn Russell. I really think he hates uh, Hogg. Let the let the boys drink. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think he hates them because... Uh, yeah, what are you going to tell those two? Are you going to tell them how to play? Because uh, they're not going to listen. Honestly, if you were head coach of Finn <laughs> Russell... I, I, genu- I mean this genuinely. I'm not saying this flippantly. If Finn Russell wanted to have a couple of beers the night before a game, I'd do what you want. Yeah. As, long, as long as you turn up and play, do whatever you want. You've got you're, you're an adult. So basically, what Finn Russell and Stuart Hogg tell everybody who knows anything about rugby is your head coach is completely disposable. And if your head coaching role is worth, say, 400k or whatever they pay to Townsend, I imagine it's close to that. I can't imagine it's not. Yeah, half as much as the chief exec. Yeah. Would, Would Scotland be able to perform as well without Gregor Townsend? I think undoubtedly yes undoubtedly yes and now they've got this other guy in the mix of these the just incredible idiot mavericks um, in Duan Van du, Duan Van, Van der Merwe who was unplayable like, so you've got three of your best attacking players Captain South Africa yep. he looked awesome didn't like, he yeah like you can't drop them you can't tell them what to do you've just got to show up at game day and just hope that they perform because if they don't <laughs> you're screwed hope they're not too hungover yeah <laughs> they're, they're amazing players they, it, and they're settled and that, that back line is yeah. just, they've got so many attacking threats and and, and, and Carl Stain wasn't bad but Darcy Graham's in that team and they score another try down the right hand touchline yep 
Kalsen was good. Kalsen was, was good, but you're right. You're right. There's another try there. That centre partnership is ace. Huey, Huey Pilotto. Love yeah. It. yeah, love love that. But I, th- I think I think you're exactly right to say Scotland went for it and rolled the dice, but they didn't just gamble. No, they they were they played some pragmatic rugby, but when it was on. Regardless of where it was on the pitch, yeah. be it receiving a kick just inside their own um, yeah. half, or f- playing out of their twenty-two when England yeah. have put one extra man back, if it's on, it's on, and they've got the personnel to do that. Mm. Yeah, they look very good. They're, I can't believe they, there's like a, a chance down the wing which they butchered. I couldn't believe that. It's between Stain and that, Hogg. Yeah, that was yeah. Carl Stain. It was just a two-on-one. <sighs> yeah, catch the ball and you and you're good. Absolutely dreadful. Uh, better than that. You know, it's superb performance. The only thing I say about the Scotland performance is there's only so far that that can get you. So there are teams that will be able to prevent uh, Duan scoring his wonder try. There are teams that will be able to marshal the wizardry of Hogg and Russell. And at that point, that's when you need the more Englandy like approach. That's that. That's what I think. Well, that said, I actually, I'd say the back five of the scrum front rows. I think both were. They've got a very good front row of Scotland. Yeah, it's all right. It's fine. Very got very good, good type five. For, yeah, scrummaging front type, row. Although I, I thought say, England got the better of the scrum, actually. I, I was going to say, England got the better of the scrum, which is why I didn't include that part of it. But the, the second rows, they've got a couple of big lumps. And their, and their back row, I really liked. Even without Hamish Watson, I thought Luke Crosby, he puts Crosby it was about. Good. Yeah. He puts it about. Decent. And, decent. and um, Ferguson, 26 or 27 tackles is insane a shift every, every single one of the starting Scotland forwards made double figures in tackles yeah, uh, yeah if you've not got your forwards doing that you're not going to win anything well uh, let, so uh, yes so I think we've got I, th- I think no Scotland fan could think that we have done anything other than shower praise where it is warranted um, however no no not however oh, okay. so <laughs> I, I just I just wanted to Damn. make I, I just wanted to make sure f- that it wasn't a uh, Let's just post Morton White where England yeah, lost yeah. it because it's that's Scotland, dis- that's Scotland won it. to Scotland. Then they've won what five out of six now. Uh, so I think it's four out of six, but they drew one. They drew so the last one, yes. six games against uh, yeah. England. They've only lost one game. And the they've draw was the best one. game of all time. And they haven't lost at Twickenham. Yeah. They haven't lost at Twickenham in five years. Years, yeah. Amazing, isn't it? Absolutely yeah. amazing. Um, England. So it's hard to put your finger on who played well for England. Okay, I, I think Ollie Chesham. Is going to be an absolute colossus for England. I think he's going to be an England great. I really do. Yeah, he, is he had some monstrous. He had some great moments when it just broke like a, I think a Van Portfleet half break, and he knows to be on the on the shoulder. Yeah, he got a couple of good galloping runs toward. And close there's two line. of them. There's a, there's a Lewis is bigger. There's Lewis a is, there's a third as well. What? Judging by, I saw a picture. So, on Friday night, Ollie presented Lewis his under 20 shirt. Yeah. And then I saw a picture of Ollie and his mum and what could only be Ollie and Lewis's <laughs> younger, even younger brother. Oh my it couldn't be, it could not be anyone else. It, it had to be their younger, younger brother who looked about 13 or 14. Like, they... like mutant Weasley brothers from Harry <laughs> yeah. Potter. I wonder if they're going to turn into um, the, the English Tumalangis. That, that'll be a little... <laughs> and actually the biggest, the yeah. biggest and the best of the Chasms should then go and play, play for Samoa as that, a thank you. That, <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the title of the podcast, by the way. Mutant Weasleys. <laughs> I, th- I thought he had a good. I thought he, he did have a good game. He was good. There's a what, him and Don Brandt. There's one. Ooh, don't, talk me, don't talk to me about Don Brandt. One fluffed um, 
kick restart from each of them. Oh, I yes. think it was. Yes, 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 yes. Um, so, so he was really good. Um, who else impressed me? Um, Genj- uh, Genjo always works hard and carries yeah, hard. Se- 17 carries and a try. I actually thought Although, Ben Curry did well. I know he missed some tackles. Yeah, he did he well. Did, so, I oh, oh yeah, yeah, so, so I was going to say Chesterman Ludlum. Very Ludlum, yeah, Ludlum's a good point, actually. I thought Ludlum did and, and very they, well. And they were two of the players. I would say the three players when the team was announced who got the most kind of uh, I'm not sure about that one, Ludlum, Chesham, Malins. All three. Malins, yeah. ace. All three. Malins was ace. Did well. Malins is competence personified. He glides yeah. when he runs. Yeah. He, knows, he doesn't make mistakes. He knows what he's doing. Like just like competent player. You, you do see it on the telly, but there is there is a perspective you get at, at Twickenham as I was, mm. and it, it just the way he moves is. You know how Roger Federer just looks smooth yeah, when yeah, he moves. Yeah. Max Malins has got Roger Federer. A lovely exa- a lovely comparison, right? Because I am certain that there are many wingers out there who are better physical specimens than Malins. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's an well, absolute world class athlete. His opposite right? number is one the, of them. It, well, yeah, the two opposite numbers I yeah. imagine are. Uh, well, uh, certainly both of them are bigger and stronger. And, well, all, the other th- all the other three wingers on the pitch. Yes. yes. So, yeah. you know, Federer was not the most gifted of, uh, physically gifted of the tennis players. Doesn't mean he was not the most gifted tennis player. Mm. I, I think Malins is that class of player. Like, almost like um, almost like a git, almost like a, a ghetto on, uh, on on the wing. Not the most physically able, but just a brilliant, mm. brilliant operator. Uh, so, yes. Uh, Speak, speaking, of w- speaking of wingers' sizes... Got to make this point. JB, your services are needed urgently. Oh, okay. Yes. I need you to hunt down and weigh Ollie Hassel Collins and Duan van der Merwe. Mate, I'm the man to do this. I, I, so You've never uh, weighed a player in your life. Say, hold on, hold on. I've never, what, what's no, your weighing pedigree? I haven't weighed a player. My pedigree on this is, and I'm very, very proud of this, Ollie Hassel Collins, the first England international to, to come from my school. Oh, nice. You've never weighed him, though. St. Bart's, Saint Bart's uh, a, a comprehensive school in Newbury, has an England international in, on its honours board, and I'm, I'm really chuffed about that. And I used to play with his dad. So I could call... Uh, we, could, we could do it first hand. I could just call up um, call up my old teammate, Neil, and say, wait, wait, your, pick up your son, get on a video call on the podcast, pick him up, how much does he weigh? Well, what what I well, want why? to know is... So, do Ann and uh, Ollie Hassel-Collins, so they're, they're both listed at 6'4". And, Are they? And... They're listed at one kilo difference. No. 104, 105. And I think that is... If if they are the same height and weight, then there's something very different about the Duan height and weight to the Ollie Hassel-Collins height and weight. So, maybe... Oh, so, okay, so, I mean, maybe, maybe um, Ollie Hassel-Collins is 105 kilograms. That sounds about right for six foot four man who, you know, is built like he is. Maybe. Oh, he's so is lean, well, though. Is way off. Unless, unless of course, he's a fungus or something. Unless he was spored. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Duan do, do is just... He's so big and so strong and so quick. Yeah. He is the player that PS Speaks was meant to be. Did he, I wonder... Uh, uh, yeah. No, it doesn't matter. I was going to say, I wonder if he juiced when he was a teenager back as <laughs> Don't say let's, that. Let's not ask any questions about that. that. Let's let's not, I don't mean it anyway. <laughs> doesn't mean it. He doesn't mean he, it. He's awesome. He's Call off your lawyers. He is phenomenal. He's absolutely Let's just phenomenal. enjoy it for what it is. Uh, well, however it happened, let's enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, okay. Okay. Let, let's let's deal with the elephant in the room when it comes to England. Well, well 
so firstly, a, a lot of the attention and focus, and I, I fell into JV's trap on WhatsApp. <laughs> he was he was throwing bits of feral meat into the chat, <laughs> knowing I'd bite at some point, and I ignored it. It took, yeah. hour, it took me 12 hours to get in there. I ignored the, it and ignored it. and then The I, mountain of meat was just piling <laughs> up on there. <laughs> and then I had to chow down on some of it and, def- and, uh, and defend Owen Farrell. But before we get to that... Um, and players who some people think are past their sell-by date need to go or whatever. You do not get over 100 caps for your country unless you are an incredible player. But I don't blame any individual. It's not about blame. It's just about what I saw. Ben Youngs is... Uh, if you're not going to start him, and I don't think England should start him, what is the point? Yeah. Agreed. Uh, okay. oh, God, you're preaching to the converted. Yeah. Uh, Van Portfleet's range of tools is just so great. He, yeah, I, th- yeah, I thought he had a great game. Really, uh, really good game. Like you watch his box kicking, and you know, this guy is basically brand new to the international game. He mm. just pounds that ball. He goes exactly where he wants with the length that he needs. He's just a just a better all round player. There's no and he's, he's threat around the breakdown. Yeah. He's threat around the breakdown. He's like Ben Young's had when he was when he'd have his one in five games eight years ago. Well, he had his one in five games against New Zealand coming off the bench when he was yeah. really good. Mm. Yeah. But, but yesterday was uh, turgid and slow. No. And even to the point where um, the number of times, you, and I watched it back again today, and the number of times, because I, was, was, I, didn't, I didn't see it with any comms or anything, so I watched that this morning, and the number of times that um, England forwards would, would be running onto the ball and they'd be arriving at the point where Jack Van Portfleet would have been giving it to them but Ben Youngs was that little bit slower and they had to check their run mm. and it all, and it all, went, it? It all mm. went to pop. Now, he, I, I do want to talk about that because that's... I think that's one of the England traps that um, Borthwick's not the only coach to fall into and Eddie Jones isn't the only coach what, to fall into. What would, the, what would be the other trap? So... Well, Kyle Scotties. Sinclair being fly half more than any of the fly halves. <laughs> that, is that what you're talking that is, about? That is an England trap that he fell into. There's the Manu trap, which he avoided. He did. He uh, did very well to dodge the manu trap. Yeah. Yeah. The other one being another facet that has taken many of the headlines, and that's the the Smith Faz trap. Yeah. Go on. Now he he went for that. Now he's he's taken a lot of stick for it. Yeah. I think some of that is undeserved. I I I really do. Now I'm, I'm not saying that Farrell had his best game, and and I'd. I would highlight, in particular, his kicking, mm-hmm. which yeah. was not good enough, no. frankly. Got, I, I was glad Scotland won by six points and not three or four, because yeah, those yeah. conversions would have been... Yeah, and um, there was two... I'm going to call them system errors, but... Fa- uh, well, no, one system error and one Farrell error in defence. And he put in a couple of good sh- shots in defence, um, putting good one on Hogg, good one on, Great one on Finn Russell... Finn Russell. Um, but two errors, one for the Duan van der Merwe try, where he just didn't bother to pick him up, mm. didn't bother to make a tackle, and the other was the it led to the um, to the Hugh Jones try. Is where Faz jumped out of the line to try and put a shot on Finn Russell, leaves a huge hole, and uh, Hugh Jones. Jump, waltzes through it. Jumped out the line to try and put on a huge shot is the story of his career. I hate saying it over and over. That is the story of his career. Uh, I, the charitable vision of this is he's so desperate to lead that he puts the pressure on himself to do these sort of things and they're stupid. And they're all disciplined and they're selfish. Um, that, that, well, 
That's the bad version of it. Ill-disciplined and selfish, good version of it is so desperate to lead. But he just keeps doing it. He's had over 100 caps now. Has he had over 100 102 caps? 102 now. <laughs> You'd think he would learn. So this is my contention with Farrell. Fly half, undeniable class. Best in the world? Probably not, but very, very good. Certainly one of the best. You know, if you had like a top three ra- ranking in every category, he's in the top three of every category, but he's not the top in, a, in mm-hmm. any, probably. Um, but they play him at 12. He's had, he must have had over 50 caps at 12. He just doesn't get it. He just does not get it. And I think his presence is not helpful to the other fly hobs, with the exception of Ford, because Ford is an absolute professional. And his defence is just not up to it. It's not up to it. So it that, is if he's calm, so but if, he's never calm. If he's being if he's being picked there, it's it, that's not that's other people doing that. Not not. Yeah, him. You can't blame him. He's got to go. Yeah. And, you can't say no. So on that on that decision, so Steve Borthwick went with Smith Farrell. Mm-hmm. The word is, and I don't know whether they were saying this to to make it seem to pump up the tyres of those individuals. I don't think that's the case, but the word coming out of the England camp was that was always the plan, even if Dan Kelly hadn't been injured. Mm. No way. I, I can see that. Dan Kelly... I mean, this is... I was saying half in jest, but there is a serious side to this. Dan Kelly is a guy with two England caps, mate, yeah. maybe? Mm-hmm. Dan Kelly's fit. Dan Kelly starts. So, we I think we openly acknowledge that Farrell is not the world's best 12. No. Mm. I probably would play Dan Kelly with two caps ahead of him, despite everything that Farrell's done. So then, what do you do with Farrell? He's a captain. He has to play 10, doesn't he? He has to Well, I think 10. he has to play 10 because he's the best, England's best 10. I do not think George Ford is. Well, he's not fit at the moment. But, but if George Ford is around? If George um, Ford's around, well, uh, I, think there's enough, I think there's enough evidence to say that Ford-Farrell does work. But we can come back to that another time. Right. Mm. So just on this, this is the one question. When, when people were saying, I can't believe Steve Borthwick did... Smith Farrell and the question and I know you only said it to me to get to, to get the rise and it works but my question to you is the same question I've posed to a bunch of people is it okay who would you have put 12 then and that the, you get blank faces back because this is a, this is an issue that England have they do not have and we've talked about it for years when you look around the premiership what players are there Piers O'Connor at Bristol at one point I thought he might have been the solution yeah I agree yeah, yeah. but he's, he's not kicked on in the same way you'd want Mark him to Mark Atkinson injured and 33... 33. I, I'm, I'm not fussed I'm, about that. If, he, if he's fit and playing, I, I'd... I'd, yeah. I'd um, Seb Atkinson at Newcastle. Yeah, you've got Seb and Atkinson Newcastle, and, uh, and, and uh, Lewis... Gloucester. Newcastle, Gloucester, sorry. You've got Seb Atkinson and Lewis and Yanwu, who are just um, early in their career. Max Ajoma at Bath hasn't been getting in the team, but I yeah. really like. Yeah, again, Genius. very early in his career. If he gets a good run, he could push for it. Is there any more English 12s other than Dan Kelly? In playing in the Premier, Oli Devoto's been injured for ages. Oli Devoto is probably the most senior, but he's. He, have we not seen him in so long? No, we haven't seen him. Sale in two, have got two like years. three of them, but it's, even I wouldn't. Yeah, Sale have got Man, uh, Manu, who's not really a twelve, but has been playing twelve. Uh, Sa- uh, Sam, Sam Hill, Hill, who's probably not going to be there next year. No. Uh, Sam James is thirteen. Yeah. Luke James started his career at twelve. I mean, it'd be a brave. You're brave. Luke James would do a great job, actually. No, just to go, just to go, just to go yeah, back. He's not, not yeah. Inter- you're not dropping him into an international... And so I think that has that has to be an important part of the context, is that there, there's a... Is dearth the right word where there isn't anything? There's, yeah. a, there's, yeah. a, dearth, there's a dearth of 12. There has been for a while. And if if the IRFU were running the Premier, running English rugby and had the involvement that they have in their provinces as in Being premiership well, clubs, they, they, they wouldn't have allowed 
Andre Esther Hazen to be at one of the clubs. They wouldn't have allowed Orlando to be at Newcastle. They wouldn't have allowed because they'd say, yeah, yeah. "We have a massive issue in our national team at twelve. We need English players in there to give them time." The fact is, the Premiership is not incentivized to do that, and this is this is one of the issues with the Premiership is that oh, there's no twelves. What do you do? We'll go. We'll pay a massive South Africa. They should have a bounty, shouldn't they? So the RFU should be able to have a bounty to add to your salary cap of say. Sam Burgess, like seventy grand, right? Yeah, we need an inside centre. If you if you get an English inside English in, qualified in, inside centre, you get an extra seventy grand on your salary. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so or, or so the Harlequins might go. Do you know what we like, Andre Esther Hazen, but we're going to give the spot to Lewis Anyanwu and invest the money, yeah. invest Andre Esther Hazen's money somewhere else because there's extra. <laughs> that's a great idea. I would do that. My problem with this, right, is oh, what have I done? Ooh. oh no, nothing. Sorry, is the World Cup is around the corner, yeah. relatively speaking, yeah. around the corner. Okay? And you think that Farrell's your fly-half. You must think that. You must think Farrell's the fly-half. You can't think he's your 12. Right? Oh, and, I agree. Right. So, so I, I think he is the first-choice fly-half. We also have the problem of he's the first or second-choice yeah. inside centre. So if he's your first-choice 10, it means he's also your most important player. So if that is the case, you have to stick him at 10... And you're thinking that, okay, we, we get to World Cup final, he's the most important player, he's driving the team, what do we do at 12? And the answer is, this is when you experiment. This is when you look around the squads, and if you have to go for something crazy, like a Luke James, or move someone like... Um, Tommy Freeman. Tommy Freeman. I think he could be or, a 12, I really yeah, do. Yeah, that's when you do it. You do it now, because your continuity, your, your most important combination is going to be your 9-10, right? They need to play together all, all, all of the time. If the 12 isn't absolutely brilliant, I'm sure that Farrell has got enough quality, if we believe the hype, to guide him through through the game. You only need someone serviceable. I mean, yeah. would you say that the Scottish 12s, um, the Scottish centres are that, are that great? Yeah, well, they're much better than England's. And this is, what, this is what's odd when you look around. Like Warren Gatland, all the chat in the week was, which one of the 12s is he going to pick? Kieran Williams, Mason Grady, Joe Hawkins, or is he going to go with Nick Tompkins? He had four choices. Ireland, or oh, we don't have Robbie Henshaw, which one's it going to be? Bundyaki, Jamie Osborne, or Stuart, Stock, McCl- uh, McCloskey, or Stuart yeah. McCloskey. Whereas England, it's like, Dan Kelly's injured. Oh, oh well. Well, I we'll saw- have to put our 10 there. I, I like Porter. I know he's a 13, but Porter can bang. So you, you throw Porter in, in there, I think you've solved some problems. I'm disappointed with Steve Borthwick, actually, on, on this count. If he really believes in Farrell, he should have stuck him at 12. It's doing Farrell's reputation and career no favours whatsoever. Mm. Zero favours. Get him at 10, and then we can see what see what, what, what he can do. We can run the game. We can do all the Farrell things, which well, have been so great for, for Saracens. Oddly, and this is what I kind of compounded the, any frustration I might have felt with this is Farrell was 10 more than Marcus Smith well Kyle, Probably, yeah. Kyle Sinclair was 10 was more it? than yeah, either yeah, of them yeah. but, um, but Owen Farrell was the first receiver much more than Marcus Smith and they, they were doing this out the back thing but that, um, that worked which worked well, worked well it worked alright at times I just yeah. would love to know the truth of the matter because Marcus Smith is such a talent maybe maybe Marcus Smith is what they're looking at and Owen they think Owen Farrell is undroppable because, because he's the captain. But Phil, I hope. Uh, you see, Phil has made this point many times hope on not. Marcus Smith is that the, the, the time you get in the Premiership, whilst only fractionally greater than what you get at international level, is enough to negate a lot of what makes Marcus Smith very do special. You, do mm. you know what I think international rugby is about? Um, compared to, say, the top 14. So the top 14 has got so many incredible international players 
who do no, who no longer play international rugby. And the reason they don't is not because they're not good enough. It's because their skill set is known, right? Their highest limit is known, and that's why they're over in the top 14 making loads of cash. Because the thing which excites international coaches and the England crowd and every international crowd the most is the upside of players, like the potential of what they could be. And I think that's the problem with Marcus Smith. People look at him and they don't see the finished article. They see this thing which is going to be incredible just given enough given enough time. International rugby is all about your potential upside. Um, once it's known, you go to France. Uh, Marcus Smith is still on that on that trajectory now, which is why I think he's still getting picked because people believe he's going to be much better than he actually is currently. The 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 England centre problem, particularly inside centre, less so outside centre, but particularly inside centre, is why you've had guys like Shantaine Happy or Ricky Flutie or Sam Brad Burgess. Barrett or Sam Burgess or Ben Teo. Crikey. Like, these guys, or even guys like... Um, Toby Flood played there. Um, Flood played there, yeah. Eastman played there. Um, Eastman's an incredibly talented player, but it's someone who's brought in from outside of the game to fill that outside the rugby union game to fill that hole do you think Pete Lukox listening to this shouting what about me <laughs> why not why not why, why not get me Pete Lukox on the phone now it, it's it's such a problem I, I was thinking about this problem and I I don't know how am I crazy in thinking that the lack of the historic I don't think the game is the same um, a junior level these days, or I don't think as much as the same, but historically, oh no, Eng- England forwards, forwards that played in England at junior level, well, it was about pushing and hitting hard. It wasn't about skills. It wasn't about Cal um, Sinclair standing at ten. So, guys who had learned the forward skill set but were not quite big enough to make it as forwards, but were still talented players, had no option. They could never move out to the backs. Because they never had that skill set, whereas in other places, maybe Australia, New Zealand, if you've got that handling skill set... That's a great shout, Phil. You could do it. Uh, that is such a great point. And so guys like... Uh, two great, and the reason I was thinking about it was, I said in jest, Ben Earl or um, Sam Simmons could make an amazing inside centre for, for England... They've got exactly the right physical attributes. And if their hands were... And they're, they're not big guys. It's astonishing they actually made it um, to the level they have in the position they have, being the size that they are. Um, that shows how talented they are. But had they got converted to a centre, say, age 12 or tw- age 40, like a reverse um, Alfie Barbary, they could have been international centres. But they never had that the, quite the skill set to do it. I think you've absolutely, genuinely, I think you've absolutely nailed it. I think you have nailed it. You know, there is one guy who none of us have mentioned who would have been the answer to England's 12 problem. Jonathan Beardmore. Yeah, I mean, obviously, obviously, if, if I, I mean, I do, I am EPQ, actually. Mm. I mean, not yet represented Wales. Not yet. Uh, than, Wales deaf side. Wales deaf side. Yeah, Wales yeah. deaf side, of course. Yeah. I mean, that's a cap game. <laughs> Non-capture team, yeah. There, there is one guy who was the future and just fizzled out for him. He's still playing. Hmm. Hmm. I do believe if he followed... Piers Francis. Nope. No. If he followed through with his... There's career, another one brought in from outside. Ryan Mills. Oh, Ryan Mills, I wish. Nope. Ryan Mills could have been the boy. Yeah, injuries. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips and adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. So when I'll say it, it's so obvious, and you think, God, that, that guy could be the... Could have been the uh, solution to all our problems. I try to think. Still playing, probably on a lot of money, actually. Still playing uh, in England? Nope. Ooh. About 27. Oh, um, I know who you're going to say. You know, you know. I know who you're going to say. Dad's a coach, Salem Northampton. Coach. Malinder. Malinder. Oh, Harry Malinder. We talked about yeah. him a lot. And that's why I say Tommy Freeman. I see the yeah. same thing with Tommy Freeman as I did with Harry Malinder. And Geordie Barrett, who I think has a lot of crossover with Harry Malinder, particularly. Um, and we both Chris Boyd and the fullback mm. and 12 and play a bit. So true, JB, that as well. Um, I think, I think his best position, and I think his best posi- his best chance of starting for the All Blacks is probably going to be 12. And he's got all of the skills to What do is it. Harry Malinder doing right now? I'm just about he's to in find Japan, isn't he? Yeah, he's in Japan, but is he playing? 26 he years fit? old. Is he only 26? Get him yeah. back. Get him back. And he plays for... Photocopier company. That's a great point. You two have made f- fantastic points. <laughs> Phil's particularly. And I, I want, I want Black Rams, Tokyo. Is he actually... Are they, oh, their season isn't... They're not in season now, are they? Um, do you know how many mm. points he's scored and how many appearances that he's made for the Black Rams? Zero. Correct. Are you on Ultimate Rugby again? Uh, no, I'm on Wikipedia. Uh, I'd take that, that with that, a pinch that's, of salt. That's as much a pinch of salt. But he's, according to this profile, he's bigger and heavier than Duan van Merver. Get him oh, back. Oh, whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait. Sorry, Duan sorry. van Merver is definitely sorry, more than 105 kg. Wait for this. In July 2021, it was confirmed Malinder had left Northampton to pursue playing opportunity in Japan. Mm-hmm. Not yet played. Northampton have the option for him to return ahead of the 23-24 season. Interesting. So that'll be after the, this current World Cup, but ahead of the next one. Well, I mean, if he finishes the season, just get, just get back in the country. Mind you, zero appearances doesn't sound good, does no, it? No, it doesn't sound good. If, if that's Wikipedia, I'd, I'd yeah. take it with a pinch of salt. But also, he had some horrendous knee issues. But I love that you've, uh, you feel you've explained a specific problem with a cultural long um, solution and I, I think and maybe that's why it will change moving forward but we're just in a period now where it's we're it's so entrenched with, historically yeah. and it will take 
some time to flush through. Mm. Whether it, whether it does or not, I don't know. But it's it's such a it's such a weird thing that we it's such a niche position. Like England produced some very talented fly halves, thirteens, wingers, fullbacks, back rows, historically locks and uh, front rows, but. Just, just that the half a dozen or more in the last ten years, international twelves um, that we've had to bring in from other countries. It's, it's such a, yeah, it's a weird issue. Uh, just on uh, locks, as you mentioned, when was the last time Maruitoji was the Maruitoji that that was world class? Great question, because he wasn't in this game. He did very, very little. He's a nuisance at times, but. He, he had a poor game. Would they, I mean, yeah, I'm not saying make changes necessarily, but would they, um, I'd prefer Dave Ribbons than than Marowitoji. Yeah, I thought he had, I thought he had a bad game. Mm, he didn't have his best game. Again, it's one of those things, isn't it? You know, you play Marowitoji because he might just have, uh, he might just play you know, six six out of ten for Marowitoji, and that'd be oh crikey. That's a video of Harry Mullender kicking the ball. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but then, but Alex Dombrand didn't have a great game. Jamie George was kind of average, missed a few darts a couple of times. Yeah, ben Scotland put pressure on England's line they out. Did. They targeted that. They and very much did. I thought, I, did, I don't know, JB or Tim, both of you line out forwards. I thought Scotland were quite smart. I think their first two or two out of their first three, three over, over the, the top. top. Yeah, I thought that was straight an interesting... To, just to, to, to Yeah, just to totally throw England's uh, jumpers off. So there are some amazing statistics about Leicester Tigers' line outs. How successful they are from malls, how successful they are from... Uh, launches. I don't have them off the top of my head, but go back and read Johnny Morgan's pieces in the Telegraph. He waxes lyrical about the Steve Borthwick lineouts, and he's got a point because they're amazing. But that didn't seem to come to fruition. It was the other way round this week. Yeah, yeah. And I just maybe it's not enough time with the team. Maybe there's. I mean, there's yeah, that is there. a context. They've, they've had limited time. Scotland had limited time, and yeah. Yeah, a bit, uh, I, the, the one that I was most disappointed, you've already said you thought he played okay. The one that I was disappointed didn't have a good game because the Ben Curry story mm. of ha- seeing his being ahead of his brother, yeah. getting injured, Argentina. and then his brother going on to become this world-class loose forward, at 45 caps, which equates to about a million pounds in, in uh, <sighs> match fees alone, let alone in, in endorsements. Gross, yeah, over and, a million pounds of gross earnings. And he's ident- genetically identical twin has to sit and watch and he's never complained he's just got on with playing very well for sale he got an opportunity and he didn't have a great so, game well, the problem- some, it, I think it's so I've watched the game back today when I was on the, the bike and I think it's fair to say it was a mixed bag for Ben Curry yeah he made a couple of good tackles he missed a couple of easy tackles he actually Bet the Ben White try the Ben White try mm. was horrendous Criminal. He missed a couple of e- e- relatively easy ones on um, Dewan as well, where Dewan had been half-stopped, and then he should just be completing the tackle. He also put in a couple of good hits on Dewan. What I think he actually got lucky twice. He came in from the side of a rook. Nowhere near through the gate, came in the side like that, cleared out and secured the rook. Should have been two penalties against him and two penalties against England. Mm. Just slightly lazy and, and rushing things. But he got away with those, so mm. that's... That I hope he gets another chance because I, I like the story. I'm certainly will. Yeah. I'm certainly will. And here's the thing, right? If you ask any player in sale, and I have done this multiple times, well, not recently, I've not been there recently, but certainly last year or the year before, you say, who is the best player at sale? They will all say Ben Curry. And you go, what, what about Tom Curry? Oh, yeah, yeah, actually him. 
Actually, he's really good too. But the first answer they always give is Ben Curry. It's you know, it's uh, it takes some prompting for them to come up with Tom Curry. It's not that <laughs> they it, don't think. Is there great. another Curry? Yeah, but that's the guy that they see all the time. I really do strongly think that <clears throat> Eddie Jones was just messing around with Ben Curry. I don't know why. I I just have it in my head that this guy has lost a lot of money and a lot of career opportunities because of the. Messing around of Eddie Jones, I don't think there's a real good argument to exclude him for as long as they have. Particularly if Tom Curry is not around, there's just no, yeah, yeah, yeah. just not really that much difference. Tom Curry is kicked on because he's in an elite environment around better players well, with he, the much experience. He's, he's a slightly different, like ball carrier, physical. He's slightly different shape and player now. He is. I mean, Curry. obviously yeah. Ben Curry could have done the same conditioning as Tom, yeah. but the ball carrying came largely from the fact that they decided, right, we're going to play Ben at eight. Oh, Tom. Sorry, Tom at eight. If they played Ben at eight, I'm sure the same thing would have happened. Yeah. And they, they have, Ben has had a couple of bad injuries, hasn't he? Yes. yes. Which is, I think that has, I think he is a bit leaner than Tom. Tom is yeah, Tom's more huge. muscular now. He's absolutely massive. He's an enormous man. He is yeah. an enormous man. Yeah. I'm pretty sure, you know, you swap him around, Tom Curry's playing the same games as Ben week in, week out for his club, uh, whereas Ben is being pampered at bloody, you know, the Penny Hill Park. Penny Hill Park. I reckon the the, the opposite happens. I'm sure of it. Oh, absolutely sure. Uh, so I would like to see Ben Curry back. I, I do not like necessarily getting rid of players because they make mistakes. So yeah, yeah. Like Don Brandt did yeah. not have a good game. But Pers- Don Brandt's a great player. Persevere. We know he's great. Give, yeah. Persevere. He's just I, not as good as Earl. <coughs> I would have. I would. I would have gone, gone with Earl. But he's also a lot bigger than Earl, and that does count for something. He doesn't play like a big man though, does he? Oh, some of the so. He doesn't, but it gets him. He gets away with more because those lines that he runs, which are intelligent lines, but because he's a hundred, I don't know what he's one hundred and fifteen kg. He must be bigger than that. He he gets away with it. Now it also works against him because towards the end of the first half and not necessarily towards the end of the second half, he was looking a bit, uh, yeah, bit tired. So he's you know his conditioning needs some work. Ben Earl. Probably runs just as good a lines. He's faster. He's more powerful. He's not as overall strong. He, he's more he looked powerful. good when he came on, didn't he? Yeah. Ben Earl's class. Ben Earl's your boy. He doesn't make mistakes. He's like the back row Malins. I mean, obviously they've gone everywhere together. That, that's what he is. I mean, I'm pretty sure that Ben Earl probably win the CrossFit Games if if he yeah. put his mind to it. He's that kind of athlete. He he really could. I'd I'd love to see England six two split with both Ben Earl and Sam Simmons coming off the bench for the last 20-25 minutes because that would be horrendous for tired bodies what Steve Balthwick did with only a small lead so England were 20 points to uh, to 12 up and you shouldn't lose from there at home you should not not lose but even when they were only a point up or a few points up I can't remember what it was he brought he brought on his equay on the flank and that and the young selections to me it was like I wonder if he's trying to fix the line up Possibly. Mm. Possibly. Yeah, it felt there was all the talk about in the week that maybe Nick, Nick Ezekwe all play six. So I think it was a. I think that was premeditated that that's where Ezekwe was going to so come. I, I don't actually remember Ezekwe playing much for Saracens. This He's year. been injured a lot. With any notable success at all? I, yeah. just, I just, I just didn't like the. I just thought it's part of the whole slowing it up thing. I liked Ben Earl was looked great when he came on, but they. Um, yeah. yeah, but hey, it's Monday morning quarterback. I am certain England are going to be okay. I did think that they looked de- more dangerous in the Borthwick than they did under Jones. I think they'll be fine. I think 
Actually, the most worrying thing, although um, Borthwick referenced it in his press conference and said it takes time, was the defence. And I'd, uh, so yeah, he talked two, about a new system, didn't he? Yeah, and obviously you've got a new defensive coach. In I'm going to ask a stupid Sinfield. question. Stupid question. How many systems are there? <laughs> well, so let, let me just let me just mention one thing that I noticed, um, which is a system error, and I referred to the the Faz um, shooting up to try and hit um, Finn Russell. That's maybe part of a system error, but England's defence was very soft. For, for a lot of that game mm. we've seen England's defence be very hard and England's defence was soft we no- we noticed Faz rush out so much because Marcus Smith on one side of him and Marchant on the other side of him were both very soft not accelerating off the line so when Faz accelerates it creates the dog leg the other time that happened that system error was for the Duan second try where Malins realises there's a I think it might have been three on one so he shoots to try and take it might have been Kinghorn at that point in time but the whole of the rest of the defence is drifting so with him shooting it then creates space outside him when um, the pass is given if he holds and stays soft and drifts with everyone else the touchline is the is the extra defender yeah and also now I'm not saying you would stop Duan from there but if he drifts instead of shoots he makes contact with Duan just inside the 22 so the first contact is made with him 20 yards from the line instead of 8 yards from the line no, no one with the best will in the world is stopping Duan from 8 yards from the line when he's got a full head of steam like that you make the first tackle when he's not going at full pelts, 20 yards from the line, you might just bring him down. So I've got two thoughts. No, I've got one thought and one question. So first thought is, I've just been sort of milling this over as you've been talking, Phil. Do de- are defence gurus true gurus? Like, Do they know oh. all of the defensive <laughs> systems? Or do they just know their They're defensive? one. Yeah. Is that the thing? Like, So they come in, they, right, this is my system. I've been working on this for 20 years. This is what we're playing. Or do they come with a range of systems? Or is, it, or is it the same system that everyone uses and they just give it different names to, <laughs> yeah, to, yeah. to create the... Um, okay, so we've got God and Bodyguard. Okay, Wolf and Lion. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, Wolves and Lions. Totally different to God's completely, and Completely different Completely different. Yeah. Um, it's good. If there was ever one defence coach who knows all of the possible mechanisms, it would be Steve Borthwick. Yes, because obviously he would. He was a defence coach, yeah. and he was at Saracens. And he, who's he worked with? Gaston. The only time we've ever seen something really different than the norm is like when London Irish had London Irish, yeah. out, out to in under Toby Booth when they just would send, then, fly their wingers in to smash. There was, and that was way before to, Toby Booth. There was way a, before that. that Approach the the winger leading the line speed. Oh yeah, you're right. It was Gatland yeah. and Sean Edwards did that. At wasps. Uh, wasps. Yeah, Char- maybe it was wasps. First. No, no, no. It was an Irish because Charlie Hodgson unpicked them by throwing the ball o- over the top. It was a wonderful miss. thing. The tre- treble miss. Yeah, just off, right, off it goes. Um, that was my passing noise. But uh, that so that those two examples were bad, and it, um, England's thirty or so missed tackles obviously are bad. Um, but the the defensive drift, and I think I think the backline were more from what I've seen twice now. They were more operating under that that drift or soft defence. It worked really well at times, like particularly the the Farrell hit on Finn Russell, the big hit 
was from that was yeah. exactly from that drift. Let them because that was where Tuipulotu took it right to the line, then pulls it back to Finn Russell, and England just hurled off. You can take it right to the line, hold off, hold off, and then when Finn Russell is running out of space, bang, Faz nailed him. Turnover, kick the ball fifty yards downfield. Wonder try from doing uh, the other question. Well, the question that I had, which I didn't ask, mm. I'm gonna throw it out to you boys now. Is there any 12 who's ever had success rushing out the line? 12. Who, if you think of all the 12s in rugby now, in top class, international, who is the one that you think that guy is ace when he rushes out rushes out, out of the line? So it can only ever work as part of a system. Yeah, we if you're uh, not if you're when I used to play at Bath University, a, a, a former Wales A player, um. Yestin Lewis, he was our coach, and he used to, he was a twelve. And mm. we had a system where one player flew, and the rest of the line Stay. followed in a line. So it was just it was always one player had license to go and smash yeah. the ball carrier. Well, you know, sometimes do it with the nine or the seven yeah. off the back of a line out, for example. So that's yeah. a very precise question. The reason it's so precise is because I can think of two thirteens that mm. do it instinctively outside of the system, and they're amazing at it. Mm-hmm. Lacano Am, Chris Harris. So, and I know that they're not trained to do it because, well, I don't know about Lacorno. Well, you've, you've asked Chris Harris. Uh, yeah. Well, I Mark know about Atkinson. Chris Harris because Mark Atkinson will tell you. Like, he just gets himself in these situations that you think he's complete no man's land, and before you know it, he's, he's wasted someone. And he's done that in the Lions, done that internationally. So, that is an example of someone who can read the game beautifully, rush off up the line, not in the system, and absolutely leather people. The one, and I can't think of any specific examples of this, and it's going back a long time. Might be Scott Gibbs, maybe from from twelve picking off some big hits, but yeah, it's. I think I don't know why, but I I think that thirteens it lends it's, itself, it's, doesn't it? You it's need to easier be more to do it because the ball's got more time to travel to the thirteen. So if the ball it's got that extra, oh, it's only that extra second. But as a thirteen, you've got that extra second to read. Whereas twelve, it's often the big runners coming to, they're coming on to yeah, you yeah I think at 12 you need to be disciplined the 13 channel they say it's the hardest channel to defend but you're looking around if you're good at reading eyes and eyeballs and you know another word for eyes um, <laughs> eyelids eyelids eyebrows yeah. And, and, yeah, you know, um, eyelashes all those things if you're really good at that you can pick that pass cornea. yeah you can see people coming I want to hear that Like, so talk, talk to us about that that Try saving tackle you made. Yeah, I just read his cornea. <laughs> <laughs> Corneas were all over the show. <laughs> the guy with the most dilated pupils is getting the ball. Uh, so I beat him with my iris. <laughs> so there is definitely like there is definitely thirteens that do it. I just don't think you can do it at twelve. Mm. Mm, okay. Yes. Yeah. I, I I tend to agree with that, and we we saw it. It's a bad effect for that huge Jones break, which we, led to the huge Jones We can track. come back round to what we'll do. We should just jump to France-Italy. Yes, that was best game of the weekend. Fantastic match. Oh, made me some money as well. That's the most important thing. <laughs> and what, was, big what, was money. what was the betting? What was the betting? What did you do? So, what happened is, I was watching the game and I thought, Italy looked good here. There's no two ways about it. Italy looked good. Um, despite what the comms were saying, the comms were all over the show, 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 show for this game. Like, completely all I'll tell you what, let's touch on that briefly first then, because you wanted to put a little bookmark in it and come back to it, the broadcasters, go on. Okay, I don't want to me- mention names, it's not fair. I don't think anyone broadcasts and doesn't try the hardest. I don't think that. Um, I just don't think we need people on TV doing so-called analysis who have not played in the, in the competition. I just don't think it's necessary. I don't know how you comment on what the change rooms are like. Six Nations is not just a rugby tournament. It's a historic event. It's got 
what, 100 years of history or something? It's got, it's got a lot of history. So right? Those fixtures are 120, 130, 140 years yeah. old. Yeah. So you're talking about people that played before uh, before you. You're talking about you know the experiences of when you played and what it meant to the players that, that had previously retired. There's lots of Six Nations. It's not just rugby. So I don't think it's good enough that we just get someone who knows something about the ruck or the mall. Or- well, I would say there's, there's, there's two sides to the same coin. So let's say you don't also keep or keep uh, you, don't, you don't also don't give someone a job or keep giving someone a job just because, just because they've been there. They've been there. Yeah. You know, uh, the, I, again, I, I, everyone will probably know who I'm referring to with that, but we, I don't need to say names. <laughs> no, no, because but, but, they don't mean they don't mean to do a bad job. They don't mean to be an entertaining or an informative. But sometimes they just are. So you know, today it's a very difficult one, particularly France versus in, versus sorry, versus Italy, because I don't believe anybody has really watched outside of Benjamin Kayser, who was a great shout he, this he game. Is a great pundit for any game. Yeah. I don't believe that anyone's watched a second of French rugby or Italian rugby. I just don't 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 lie to me. I know you haven't, right? I know you haven't because I know what you do on the weekends. I, I listen to you every week, um, so you've, you're not you've not done that. Um, but then to have people who've never played the tournament at all commentating on it, it just doesn't really not commentating. The commentator is an art in itself. The reporting is an art, the, and the presenters are an art. The, the analyst, the, the analyst, you know, okay. what you know. You need fifteen players to play a game. We've got uh, you know hundred, uh, we've got te- decades and decades of fixtures. Don't tell me the right person isn't isn't out there. Just work harder to find the right person. Well, it's 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 the right person. Oh, that kind of right person. Yes, I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> I just don't care. I, you know, I just don't care what they think. And also, they were getting things wrong with this game constantly getting things wrong, constantly saying things which just weren't true. Anybody with half a ropey brain could look at this and go, yeah, okay, France is good, good, good with the ball in hand. Uh, that doesn't mean that Italy are not good with the ball in hand. It doesn't mean Italy have suddenly done better because they have the ball. Italy are doing well because they're bloody good with the ball. They were better than France with the ball. They kept on saying, oh, France is stingy defence. Why? Because before the game you decided that Sean Edwards is involved and therefore we've got to say stingy defence all the time. France's defence was shocking. Absolutely shocking. There was not one real good phase of defence that they had in the whole game because, as far as I'm concerned, every time Italy went into the 22, they scored points. France were three tries up and they were still conceding points. They weren't conceding points, they were conceding penalties. It's not good enough. They had no jackal threat whatsoever, so I think they're going to have to look at their back row selection, whether they can square that circle and get threats from somewhere else. I, I don't know. Well, normally, Do you- normally Marchand does that. Well, that's what they said in comms. And, and Dante. And yeah, I, I, I disagree. I genuinely wonder if that was having seen the two games on yeah. Saturday, and it it was being refereed differently. There was mm. there was um, support for the attacking team and less support for the, from the referees for Matt the Carley, jackals. I thought was, was brilliant. He's, well, he's a good well, referee. Sean Edwards does not agree. <laughs> okay, well, Sean Edwards is wrong. Matt Carley <laughs> is absolutely spot on. And if Sean Edwards doesn't agree, he needs to adjust what he's doing to make sure Matt Carley does agree, because that's his job. So, on Matt Carley, he was giving penalties, and I thought, oof, I wouldn't have given that. But you look at it, he's right. He's absolutely right. He's consistent, he's pernickety, he's detailed or detail or, um, orientated. He probably doesn't refer to the spirit of the law, but he gets the letter of the law absolutely spot on. I, there was one where the French jumped over the line, and oh, this is the line-out, sorry. So they jump over o- over the line, land in on the Italian side, and the Italians lose the ball because you know, all of their movement is disrupted. 
I would have just let that play on. But immediately, yeah, pen- yeah. penalty. Uh, that's a hard penalty to give. There were a couple of others, like the roll, you know, the extra roll when France were going forward. That's a hard penalty to give because nobody wants to sit. But he's right. He's right on, on all accounts there. So I thought he had a really good game. That- he's right about hands on the floor. When yeah. Malvaca went to steal? Yeah, you can't argue with the decisions. I guess, yeah, a lot of referees would have gone, oh, that's not really materially affecting the game. I'll let it crack on. Yeah. If, if it has no effect on the game, I'm, I'm totally with you, crack on. Um, it's where it, yeah. it does have an effect on and the it, game. And it may have done in those cases, yeah. There, there's a good example, actually, of the player jumping across the line, the lifted player jumping across the line from the Wales Island game. Wales had a five-metre line out, and um, Ryan... James Ryan jumps up and across, steals the ball from, I can't remember if it was Beard or Alan jones goes up, and he didn't get called. And he actually yeah. lands, like, through, like, on the outside of the Welsh line. So, line out. so he jumped up and across, lands on there, wins the ball, and gets away with it. Yeah, so I, yeah, so I was watching this. So it doesn't often happen at our low level. But occasionally teams do use movement. So there's one team in particular, when we were playing them, they... They were thrown to the front. We, we stole all, all their ball. So they started, and they, they started moving. They had another line-out where they just sort of moved to the back. But they had a front pod. Now, after seeing that, the clever thing to do would be to throw, like, dummy throw, but then throw your jumper into their line-out. Jump, you can't dummy throw, but dummy jump, yeah. Sorry, what did I say? Dummy, dummy throw. throw. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Someone's like, so, like, faint the jump, and then throw your jumper into their line-out so the returning pod can't get a clean <laughs> jump on the second guy. That's what we should do. And that's what we will do from now on. Nah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, France had no jackal threat. Uh, it's worth dwelling on this because the Italians ran the ball really well. But there's no one to stop them on you know, on the ground. And if you've got no one to stop them on the ground, you can be the best bunch of defenders in the world. But eventually you, you will tire. And that's why the Italians were able to get so much ground, almost at will. And their attacking shape, it, it reminded me of... Bristol, when Bristol were good, like, they just would form up. People were looping around. They were coming into, coming into different channels. I thought Italy looked very, very good for what they did for significant well, periods of time. It's great to see. It, it really is. And Italy, they obviously beat Wales last year. They beat Australia last year. They beat a very good Samoa team. Yeah, they hammered, hammered. They fifty points on a very good Samoa team. They've um, JB, your beloved Benetton, are well, they're current holders and. Um, indefinite, in perpetuity holders of the Rainbow Cup. Yep, um, they they are improving now. It's it's not to say that they're going to put um, any real dint on the World Cup, but they are on an upward trajectory. I love that Bricks, Bricks, the Argentine. Oh, they've got a few players I like the the, y- the younger Canoni at number eight. I like him. I like yep. Fis- Fischetti, the loose head prop. Like mm. him. Yeah. Um, the winger and Ange Capuazzo, obviously. Oh, yeah, that that passes. <laughs> That back threes are awesome. Yeah. Um, a few things I want to point out about Italy. They are lunatics. So um, I didn't really understand what they were doing. And this is good analysis, actually. This is actual good, 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 good analysis. So I thought, and Combs picked it up, they went, well, Combs didn't understand what, the, the, the match Combs didn't really understand what was happening. They said that Varney did not have enough protection when he box kicked that um First try away. So that's effectively what he did, didn't he? Box kicked. He box kicked and Lamont. Yeah. And Flamont, th- not Lamont. Yeah. And I thought, that's wrong. That's wrong because look at what Varney does. He's not waiting for his protection. The easiest thing in the world is just to wait there and get, you know, a caterpillar ruck. So whatever it is, that's on Varney. It's not on the protection. 
because he's made that decision. Mm-hmm. So then you've got to ask yourself, why on earth is Varney doing this? And do you hear what they said, said at half-time? No. Immediately O'Driscoll, went, he's done that because they know from analysis that DuPont doesn't sweep around the back. So they think the space is literally there. So they've got to uh. form the ruck, chip it over. And they, I couldn't work it out for the first half. They just kept on going to the same space over and over again. And if you watch rugby in the Premiership, you hardly ever see a scrum half box kicking without his protection. But Varney was doing it pretty much every other phase. The other thing which I thought was wild was some of their exits. So, <laughs> if, they, if they'd have got their exits right, they wouldn't have conceded the first three tries? Two but of the first three tries? These aren't hard, right? Yeah, yeah. So, you receive your ball, and you play back towards the touchline, yeah. because you don't want to give a penalty or turn the ball over in front of your sticks. Why might that be? Why might that be not advantageous? <laughs> Italy, don't care. <laughs> so, I, if you're just attacking from anywhere... By all means, fling it across the sticks, because what else are you going to do? But if your intention is to clear your lines, do not fling it across <laughs> your sticks. There is no advantage. I could tell you that. I, I could I could tell you that. Nobody has paid me hundreds of thousands of pounds, and I can tell you that. And yet, well, that's what they did. That, that's what I remember was always just the rule when you were, like, yeah, when yeah, you were yeah. a kid. Yeah. Yeah. It's so basic. And yet they did it. And then, towards the second half, they did something weird as well. So sorry, towards the end of the first half, they're playing nicely, and all of a sudden, uh, Allen drops into the pocket and decides to be pragmatic, and they nearly concede the, the try. Mm. And again, it just makes no sense what they are doing. But the only reason I think this game was close is because of the lack of French tackling threat. And frankly, France were very, very wasteful with their. Um, well, were they? They got four tries in the end, so they weren't that wasteful. But they certainly weren't they scoring could, at the yeah, rate they that they could have scored more. Yeah, they definitely could have scored more. Now that Pierre Bruno exit, where he kind of starts running, then thinks about kicking, then starts running again, and then thinks about kicking, and I then know. by the time he's decided he's going to do one of those two things, he's been caught, turnover, try. And yeah. he almost did that in the second half as well. He, he kind of did the show and go, and was like, oh no, not again, not again, please. Yeah, i I tell you another bit about this game which didn't really make much sense to me. If the French are, maybe it's linked, you tell me, but if the French are not competing at the breakdown and they're fanning out to get some line speed and smashing people, why are Italy's, are, are, are Italy's back five carriers, as in two second rows in the mm-hmm. back row, are they actually just that good at running the ball, ball into contact? Because they looked superb to me. Or is it because they're getting quick ball and the French line speed even though the fanning out just isn't there, I, I don't know which one it is. I think I think that that speed it's, it's it compounds it, doesn't it? If you if you don't compete, you're not slowing down the ball. And if Italy are wanting to play fast, then but on the other hand, the whole point of not competing is just to get off the line, mm. isn't it? So just you that, get in position faster. Yeah, just that focus. So I don't know if they called it wrong. I don't know. I don't know what the disconnect is there. Mm. But there certainly is some disconnect because Italy made them look weak. And you think about the top. Uh, that's another thing as well. Top. Did, did France look like a top fourteen team to you? They didn't. Like, didn't, didn't look, 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 look like look like one to me. They looked enormous in the pack. Yeah, like, but they, but actually, Italy's scrum was it was good at times. It was very good. Yeah, yeah. It, right. considering they were giving away. Someone said sixty kg. Yeah, exactly. Well, that, well, this is it, and this maybe good maybe this comes to your point about the the second row and the back five as ball carriers looking good is Italy would have approached that game and it's their first match so it's not like we have to back to back to back change the technique they've been able to the whole time they're in camp they're going it's France it's France it's France they're going we're not, we're, you're not going to beat France in an arm wrestle 
You need to make those big lumps. You need to make Weenie Antonio move, yeah. move, mm. make Paul Villamza move. Mm-hmm. And and they and if that was what they had in mind, they executed that really well, mm. almost perfectly. Yeah, they oh, would have been. Fun. They were they really good. If they'd have won, that would have been fantastic. Can I tell you about my betting? Yes. yes. So watch this game. Italy go down, but despite what comms are saying, Italy are moving the ball nicely. And I'm thinking there are some points here. So. I think Italy go down by seven points. Was that right? Yeah. Seven points. Put on a fiver for, it, for Italy to win. They go down some more. I think, you know, this, this is worth an, an extra £2.50. So on it goes. I'm now in I'm now in for 60 quid for my 50 and then 75 for my £2.50. I'm thinking, yeah, good. And then, um, I think France go up a little bit more, but Italy start creeping back into it. Then the yellow card occurred. So I'm thinking, well... I've got a cash-out option now. They're not ahead, but they are one point behind. So there's a good chance, by the end of the yellow card, no matter what happens, I'm cashing out. They go ahead, and I'm thinking, okay, yellow card, cash-out. Withdrew my money, about 40 quid in total, and immediately put £5 on France to win, because I'm looking at the <laughs> French bench, and like, <laughs> Olivon's coming back on. They've got a load... You know, got Italy, a bit of weight coming off the bench. Yeah, Italy are bringing on a second row from Van. Um, <laughs> the, re- the rest of the French pack are about to come on and be absolutely dominant and just like that Chimene? G- um, nope Jalibert scores yep yeah. yeah, there you go cheers thanks Coral nice. nice cheers so how much are you up for the day? from £7.50 I think I won £55 nice very nice and also I got the uh, score for uh, well I think it's score but I got the handicap for Ireland right Handicap for Scotland wrong. I had Scotland by eight. Mm. That'll teach me. <laughs> but you know what they say? When the fun stops, stop. Uh, they definitely do say that. They do say that. Yeah. But you're having fun. I'm having so much fun. So keep keep <laughs> keep blowing the cash. <laughs> um, great weekend of rugby. It's good. Fixtures next week. Yeah. So a potential series decider. The first first game of the weekend. Next, Wonderful. Next weekend, two fifteen on uh, Saturday. Now, there's no. I'm right in saying there's no Friday night games this year. I is think. that right? I'm I sure I read right that, that somewhere. Which is uh, not. DJ Spoonie is devastated. He's not getting used at Cardiff in Cardiff. I do. I quite like it. It's, it's not a good atmosphere. Ready to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do quite like it. Um, having the the Friday. I. My favourite time is the eight o'clock uh, French kickoff Saturday oh, night, yeah. eight o'clock. Yeah, agreed. Watch it. No phone. Couple of beers to myself. Very much enjoy that. But this, we're not getting that this week. So we've got Ireland hosting France. What a game! Now, if you were just to pick on the form, the performance in the last game relative to the strength of their opponents, you'd probably make a comfortable argument that Ireland would win. But I don't think it'll be quite that comfortable. I think France will improve a little bit. They'll learn something from the mistakes, maybe around the jackal. They have um, to. Maybe have around to. the defensive line, maybe in a few areas, maybe around how the refs are going to referee the game. So, JB, what are you saying? Um, well, judging on this week's performance, I'd say Ireland are going to comfortably do it. But here's the thing. I think Ireland will not have it all their own way. And when they don't, what happens to all that well-oiled competence which they've instilled into their team I don't think it goes quite their way France are massive still France just were not impressive enough mm. for me they just were not impressive enough 
But I'm with you. It's going to be a different France team. And I think France are going to do it. I think I think Ireland, but I think it will be very, very close. I think it will be Ireland grinding it out. My concerns, well, my concern for Ireland would be um, Ty Furlong. My concern for Ireland... Although, don't you think um, Finley Beelham looks like... Do you remember Techno Viking? <laughs> no. I don't remember Oh, yes! Of course you know Techno Viking. Do I? The YouTube sensation, Techno Viking. I d- don't forget, uh, you two share a YouTube uh, channel. Algorithm. Algorithm on the Egg Chasers. Now, it does... I actually have access to that. Every time I log into YouTube, it says, do you want to log in as Philip Largan or Egg Chasers Ruby Podcast? And I always take the... Uh, I take the... Is that the blue pill, not the red pill? Yes. I take the blue pill. Oh, mate, come and join us <laughs> down the rabbit hole. It's much more fun. So I don't know techno... Come and watch, come and watch some... Um, techno- well, <laughs> actually, you've got uh, Trent and Heath, um, shoe repairers. Nice. Oh, yeah. I would watch a bit of that. Which I, which I love I watching watch. shoe repair. J- JB with his dry dock um, boat... Nice. Yep. Boat stuff. And then a load of red pill stuff as well. <laughs> <laughs> Um, um, yeah, give me Ireland just, but this is a this is a coin toss for me. Agreed. I agree, which is why I'm Ireland have beaten South Africa at home. They beat New Zealand at home. I think they will be so fired up for this one. I'm I'm going to go Ireland narrowly, and uh, and I'm, I'm, I've kind of changed because I was think I was thinking Ireland are not going to win every game. I think they might win the Grand Slam now. This, they if, win if, this. They win this. The Grand Slam's on. It's on. So I was thinking France are going to do them in Dublin, but I have changed. Mm. Yeah. Um, next game, uh, quarter to five, Scotland host Wales. Scotland host Wales. Scotland by 20 points, probably. Is this a repeat? Did we have this like the home and away fixtures the other way around last year where Scotland beat England... And then lost to Wales yes, after yes. Wales were very poor. It will be so Ireland. Scotland to lose to Wales again. I don't yeah, think, I don't think we just, will. Let me just look that up. Who those games were? Yeah, it was because um, Ireland th- smashed Wales by like I think Wales only got six points or something ridiculous. Yeah, Ireland. So Ireland beat Wales twenty nine seven in the first round last year, and Scotland beat England twenty points to seventeen. Ben White try again. Good old Ben White. Uh, and then, uh, and in the repeat of last year's matches, France put thirty-seven points on um, Italy. It but is a fact for then, you. Just w- then Wales ben- beat Scotland. Yeah, exactly. Twenty points to seventeen. Here's a fact for you on Ben White. Um, yesterday mm. was the first Six Nations game since 2013 when Greg Laidlaw or Ali Price haven't been involved. Yeah, wow. I saw that. That is remarkable. Ben, ben White. Look good. Took it, he played well all game. My amazing and he last time did, did, well. didn't want him. Mm. Amazing, isn't it? They just let him go. He signed for Irish. They got Ben Youngs. Yeah, true. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they could get Ben White and Van Portfleet two years ago for a fraction of the cost. Oh, a fraction of the of cost Youngs. of Ben Ben Youngs. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Nuts. Absolutely. Um, and in the France, obviously because they won the Grand Slam, won the repeat of this last year, thirty points to twenty four. Um, so then the final game so who's are we all seen Scotland yep yes and then England host Italy on the Sunday 3 o'clock on the you've Sunday you've got to be mad not to say Italy Italy I don't know where <laughs> I'm going to watch this because I'm, I'm don't forget 
the, uh, everyone's going to be tuning into the BT Sport coverage of the Premiership Rugby Cup semi-final with George Ford. In yeah, his, in his future ten playing. Well, George. So George Ford played. And then he played, lost they, they to got, got pumped, hammered they got by pumped by Bristol. Yeah, even with uh, Rafi Quirt was playing. Yeah, George Ford. Yeah, Woodward was playing. Yeah. Wow. Still got pumped, but uh, so yeah. it's Exeter v Sale. So, but so I'm gonna have to watch that game somewhere. I'm, I don't know how. I'm gonna have to listen to. I'm gonna have to listen to England Italy somewhere that's on the not, M5. That's not always that bad. Listening yeah. somewhere on the M5, somewhere above the um, above the UK, above England in the cocker jet. Mm. Yeah. Spirits of cocker. <laughs> Spirits of cocker. <laughs> yeah. Um, in fact, yeah. Can you get your yacht? Down the next to JB. I'll give it a go. He doesn't travel that fast. Oh. <laughs> He's not quite, not quite ready, yet. ready. England are going to be fine, and I, I think they'll. I, I actually think they'll pump Italy. I, I don't know why. Yeah, I just get I a sense think, they're going to win by thirty. Think, yeah, it's it's the kind of game that England always seem to perform really well in. Yeah, it's odd. They look all the combination because they've got that extra bit of time, so all the combinations look fantastic um, under ordinary circumstances. Maybe not this year. And Italy, they put so much into that game, backing it they up. They did. Backing it up, I'm not sure. That, that That's where they're at yet. They, they've got great performances in them, but it's the backing it up on week mm. on week that's so hard to do. Very much so. So I'm going to go for England by 21. I think that's about right. Yeah. Take so it. Ireland by three, Scotland by seven, England by 21. So for me, I think France. France. But that's kind of more hope than expectation. Mm. People keep asking me, like, who do you support, Wales or England? I'm like, neither, France. <laughs> I, I have, I, I can't, I can't quite explain my distaste for the WRU at all. Now the RFU. I've, um, I've got um, so my, I stayed with my nephew on Friday night, and he, as soon as I got in the car, um, he came to pick me up from the train station. As soon as I got in the car, he was like, "What channels are rugby on?" He's fa- He's like, he's six. Mm. What channels are rugby on? Like, why aren't BT Sport playing the uh, Bristol v Sale? He, he was, yeah. So I ended up finding YouTube under tw- uh, on YouTube on his telly the under twenties England v Scotland, and he was happy then. But oh my god, like he knows everything about every does he really? every player. He knows everything. So he's like he's six. It's, it's does it? Does he know how heavy Sam Simmons is? Oh yeah, yeah. No, he hasn't got into that yet. Some of finest work. It's like uh, it's it's cool. It's cool. That, that is awesome because they're like sponges at that kind of age yeah, as well, I, aren't they? Uh, my mum says I was exactly the same with regards to rugby. Just would yeah. watch it all the time. Whereas although the reason I was going to say that is because the the team of fourteen, fifteen year olds I coached, like, I asked them who watches the rugby, and like a handful of them went, "Yeah, I watched some Six Nations." Yeah. yeah, no one watches it. Nobody watches There's it. so many boys I, like I, playing but not watching. Yeah. They, they they watch football. I don't know if that's. I imagine it's slightly different in the the southwest or. But up in Manchester, no one actually watches rugby. No. So yeah, so people know that I like rugby. People who know me know, but they don't really know much about rugby, right? So here's a text that I got from a friend of mine. So I actually caught some rugby on TV today, totally by chance. I feel like the Six Nations is a regular thing, question mark. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> bad luck, Wales. <laughs> That's what I saw. <laughs> wow. Very good. Wow. <laughs> Um, yeah, on that bombshell. On that bombshell. It's a re- yeah. On that bombshell. Six Nations. Is oh, a you said you had thing. a question you wanted to ask me. Oh yeah, on the pod. Oh, yeah, I wanted to know who deadlifts the most in the Cocker household because this sounds like it's a ferocious competition now. 
How did you how did you come by asking that question? I was flicking through uh Instagram because I, I like I like watching lifting. I'm not gonna lie, I really enjoy watching lifting. And your lovely lady wife was there lifting 145 kilograms. Wow. And I'm like, hang on a minute. Fair Tim play. can't be doing much more than this. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. So I, I have I have lifted uh I have lifted one eighty, but I, I'm not lifting that at the minute. Deadlift like one one sixty, one six five, one you like um, one seventy tops at the minute. So I understand. So I I, I know all 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 the caucus uh, all the caucus st- statistics. <laughs> so I believe Kate's on one four five. Yeah, mm-hmm. Louis on about one twenty. L- Louis is around. What he's done one thirty, but he's but because I want him to keep the form, I won't let him yeah. try and lift too heavy. The, so. young, the youngest cocker is on 75, looking for 90 this year. Not wow. Uh, you're under you're, some big heat there, Tim. Yeah. How are you going to look your family in the eyes if people start o- overtaking you? Well, generally, it's, it's a fact of life, isn't it? And certainly with Louis, that there, I can definitely see that kind of... Uh, the, the, the sort of Nate, um, law of the jungle, alpha male... One declining, another one rising, mm. and there, there is a point when we sometimes go and do a part run together. I'm still a couple of minutes ahead of him, but the gap is slowly just closing, quit. and it won't be long because he's 15 now. Give it another and give it's rangy it, as well. Yeah, give it another. I reckon year, year and a half, and I reckon he'll be lifting more, and maybe, maybe by by 17. If I was be, in your situation, I'd be on gear. <laughs> I'm not leaving anything to chance. Well, his, his testosterone levels, 15 yeah. will be through the roof. Yeah. You can't compete with that, Tim. No. Well, he can. Well, so well, yeah, yeah, you can't, you can't naturally no. compete with that. In America, it's massive at the minute. Um, testosterone replacement therapy is huge. I'm, of course it is. Like, what, how do you get that in the UK? How do you get that? Can, do you have to pay for it privately, I guess? Uh, go to there's certain gyms certain in gyms. Salford. And <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, deepest, like darkest Salford. I don't like the medical one. No, genuinely, uh, it's meant to be quite good for same, you. Same, same shit. I, it's, I just, it's like HRT, like um, women, female hormone replacement therapy. That's one of the reasons that, that it's good to lift weights in general because it, it keeps boosts, it yeah. boosts your testosterone. It is strange, isn't it, how like, uh, frowned upon steroids are? Because obviously you're cheating this and the other. But no one ever goes, hang on a minute, you've got two sacks of silicon in your chest. I mean, <laughs> that's okay, is it? That's okay, but somehow uh, steroids are, what, frowned upon? Oh, hang on. What's and in, that? in CrossFit, there are a lot of sacks of silicon. Yeah. Oh, hang more, on. more than the average population. What's that needle for? Is that, is that testosterone? Oh, no, it's lip filler. It's lip filler. It's been completely normal. Uh, and yeah, steroids are still completely frowned upon. I, I think you should go for it if that's what you want to do. Juice it up. I'm encouraging you to do steroids. So you're going to do steroids gear. next week then, Tim? An- anabolic. In, if it's administered by a medical professional. No, do it yourself. You, what, <laughs> when have you been such a coward? Well, look, at, look, at where doctors, <laughs> look at where doctors got got, got us in the past. JB, do you know how you can do this uh, in a slightly more surreptitious manner? Oh, in his tea? No. Oh, start Googling. Google, sorry, YouTube. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Fix my algorithm. Yeah. That's right. Get on, the, I, get on YouTube. I wonder what I can make Tim do by fixing his <laughs> algorithm. <laughs> I, well, I just remember you said that if like you go to some dodgy sites and like, one of us ends up getting a knock on the door, exactly. getting arrested. <laughs> You've just incriminated yourself. Oh. Right. Um, thank you very much for listening. Uh, if you appreciate the content, hit subscribe. Tell a mate. Uh, go to patreon.com slash eggchasers for more. Let the boys play. Let the boys play. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.